This is Tom Lee, Editor-in-Chief of NEGM Catalyst, and we're talking today about lessons learned about communication during the last few very difficult years with Jeff Balzer, the President and CEO of Vanderbilt University Medical Center and the Dean of Vanderbilt's Medical School. Now, Jeff has a complicated title reflecting the complicated nature of healthcare in general and academic institutions in particular. But the pressures of the last few years have not been forgiving of organizational complexity. They've demanded nimble decision-making and getting everyone on board with major redesigns of how everything and anything gets done. Now, Jeff has already written and spoken through NEGM Catalyst about academic medicine and high-value healthcare, but I asked him to come back for this podcast because I've watched as Vanderbilt has undertaken the work of communication in ways they never have before. And my guess is that some have worked out and others have not. And Jeff is the kind of guy who will be honest about and ready to share lessons learned. Jeff, maybe you can start by giving us a sense of the problem. I know Vanderbilt University Medical Center has grown and you've got over 40,000 people. My own experience is that people at AMCs often struggle to communicate outside of their professional silos. Why was it so critical for you to try new communication approaches in the last few years? Thank you, Tom. COVID-19 has stressed all of our communication channels, but if I'm really honest about this, I would say that even before COVID-19, if people would ask me, you know, Jeff, what are, what are some of the things as CEO you really haven't got the way you want them? Because now I've been in this role 14 years and I'd been on it in it more than 10 years before COVID hit. One of the things I would say is, you know, I just don't think I've learned how to effectively communicate with such a large audience. And ironically, COVID-19 sort of stripped away all the traditional patterns of communication so that we got innovative. Um, and, and it became especially important to communicate because people were scared. So um, we launched into something that was really derivative of something we were already doing in person called Leadership Assembly, where we would bring together once a quarter well, it was probably six or 700 people typically in an auditorium, even though the people that were eligible to come was over 2,000, all managers and higher in the organization. And we would do a, you know, a two or three hour um, assembly for them where I would give a TED talk and several of my senior leaders would give talks and we would celebrate people that would win awards. What we discovered during COVID was we really couldn't do that anymore. And we, we were actually working uh, with a studio called DVL Siegenthaler. It's actually a media company. And um, they were helping us with our advertising. And we had this idea that maybe we could actually produce a TV show. And that's what led to the video presentation leadership assembly, which is literally a two-hour television show we do for our medical center every quarter. Um, I, I love doing it. It's been an incredible learning experience. I, I actually, uh, the, the, the very first time we did it, we did it in this big 
studio that's in Nashville and um, right next to us is the championship wrestling rink. And I keep trying to get them to let me do something in the championship wrestling rink, but they won't. Well, your openness is going to clearly take you to some places that we have not yet anticipated. Now, I know that Nashville and Vanderbilt have been through so much in the last few years and not just the pandemic. Uh, there was the bombing on Christmas Day 2020, uh, the riots after the murder of George Floyd, and you've had floods and wildfires, you know, not very far away from you. It must feel like one crisis after another. So, you know, how have you changed the way you communicate to the organization in this context beyond doing a video format of uh, the kind of leadership assembly you've had in the past? Well, um, another innovation that we started right as COVID hit was changing the CEO uh, letters that, you know, many of us send to our organizations periodically. I was trying to do them once a month. I called them rounds. Um, I'm pretty convinced that, you know, on a good day, maybe two to three percent of the medical center would actually read them. And um, what we decided to do was videos of me talking to the medical center. So again, our media and marketing firm, Sigenthaler, and actually the partner, John Sigenthaler, who used to be um, a news anchor, a national news anchor, worked with me. And I would write a script that was less than five minutes long. And he would help me practice saying it into a teleprompter. And, and speaking into a teleprompter is a learned skill. You know, I was not a one-take wonder when I started this, but he would sit in front of me and say, Jeff, you have to project more enthusiasm because the problem with reading into a teleprompter is you actually sound like you're reading. And people fall asleep if you sound like you're reading. You actually have to learn to do it in a way that you project emotion. And, and honestly, our people needed emotion. Right in the middle of those first few COVID surgeons when we didn't have a vaccine and people were scared. And they were scared not only that they were going to die, but they were afraid that they were going to lose their livelihoods. So it was really, really important for me to to be able to connect directly with 40,000 people, we were able to see that in some of those videos, we had real-time uptake to the level of maybe 20,000 people, which was just remarkable. And I think it said something about the degree to which people were really craving information from the leadership, and we were able to provide that. Even now, we're doing them once a month, just as sort of a baseline way to communicate um, with the medical center. Um, but when things heat up, we, we do them more frequently. And I, and I usually draft those with input from my team, sending me ideas about things that they believe people in the medical center want to hear about. It's so interesting because it, it seems so clear you've shifted gears from the old way of communicating where I think we kind of felt like uh, people we're supposed to read what we wrote because, you know, you were the boss. And of course yeah. they're going to read it because they're supposed to read it. Uh, and now you're in a mindset where you've recognized that they probably didn't read it before. They don't have to read it. Uh, so we have to actually 
cater to cater to them, make it easy for them. Uh, and uh, and the fact is they want they want information. But then there is the fact that everyone today has a limited attention span. They probably yeah. had a limited attention span before, but now you're adjusting to the fact that they're not going to read a thousand words or two thousand words uh, from you, but they you've got to give it to them in, sh in smaller bites. Yeah, that's right. And it's a little bit like the way we've sort of figured out that in healthcare, we need to stop making people come to the castle and we actually need to bring healthcare to them and make it convenient and design the healthcare system around their needs. It's a little bit like that, Tom, if you think about it, you know, what, what, how do people want to consume information today? Well, they listen to podcasts and they watch YouTube videos and they don't, they don't just read things. And um, so if we want people to pay attention, attention to us, we actually have to give them information in the format they like. And we have to make it exciting and interesting enough that we capture their attention. That's our job. Um, and we can't just assume because we have titles that people will read our stuff. So I, I actually uh, find that if I, if I keep it to under five minutes um, and, and, I, and I often have to repeat things because you know we know people hear just a percentage of what you say. So um, we often will do things more than once. I'll do a video on something and I'll come back two weeks later and project, present it a little bit differently, but reinforce the same topics. And I, do, and I rarely hear, gosh, he's just saying the same thing over and over. I think people really need repetition and, and we need to we need to let them have that. Well, as you've been innovating, I'm sure not everything worked. Uh, was there anything that surprised and disappointed you by just flopping? Yeah, I, I would say hybrid formats um, haven't worked very well. So somehow trying to mix together having people, in a video format and in a live format seems to fail in, in our hands. And I think it's because we're trying to optimize wildly different contexts at the same time. And we end up just not providing something that's good for communication to the whole audience. Um, I'm sure that technology will continue to improve to make hybrid communication uh, meetings possible where some people are on video and some people are live. But I don't think it's there yet. And so we've backed away from having hybrid meetings. We um, now it's all in person or it's completely uh, via Zoom or one of the video communication platforms um, so that we can optimize that platform. That has the ring of truth and that's a really valuable insight to share. Uh, let me ask whether you and your management team have really taken on the work of honing new skills. You mentioned that this doesn't come naturally to everyone and that yeah. you've had to work on teleprompter skills. How are you going about training your, your colleagues on uh, communication in this new era? Well, we're, we're uh, learning. We're all learning teleprompter skills. And it's it's pretty interesting. You know, uh, we all require several takes when we first get started. Um, but the but the team uh, from DVL Sigenthaler that we're working with is patient with us. 
and they they kind of teach us how to become more animated, to speak a little bit louder than you think you need to, to to kind of move around and make sure you're not standing in one place the whole time. The kinds of things you really need to do to project any energy to an audience when you're using a video format may come naturally for some people, but uh, for many of us, we, we have to work at it. And so the people, the number of people that participate in leadership assemblies is maybe up to a dozen in a given leadership assembly. So we all rehearse, we all practice, um, and, and we all work at it until we get it right. Well, Jeff, I, I feel all sorts of anxiety about the fact that I've not taken on learning these kinds of skills in any kind of formal way. I've just been going with my gut, and that probably is not enough. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to thank you so much for really some very good points. Uh, the analogy between organizing care around patients and organizing communication around the audience is uh, frankly, a new idea, at least for me, I think it's a big one and an important one. And your observation at the beginning that our old ways of communication were probably not that effective, but the stakes were less high than they are today. And that innovation like you've been doing is critical. It's a really valuable lesson for, you know, for healthcare in general, not just academic medical center so thank you for sharing your insights once again they're always great and i look forward to more hey thank you tom it was a pleasure to be with you